Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this is Tim Johnson. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at our 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame wish list. Now, last summer, we looked at our wish list for 2018, and there was a couple of players that didn't get in. Alfie. Alfie. There were some dumb ones. Batman. Thomas Vokun. <laughs> yeah, Batman, Batman got in. Yeah. So, we've decided we're going to look at our wish list for next year, and hopefully we can look back at this in a year's time and see who got in, who didn't get in, and we'll re-examine it. Mm-hmm. Now, since Tim went first on the last episode, I am going to go first on this episode. Without further ado, how we're going to do the, the list. We're going to do from one to five, most likely to least likely, and we'll give our reasons why. And I'm going to start off at number one, Pavel Datsuk. A slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer. Question is whether he gets in in 2019, because Datsuk is currently playing in the KHL. Yeah, and, well, he's still on contract as well, so I feel like, given that he's playing in the KHL and he still has an NHL contract, I've got a feeling, even if he's technically eligible, people will avoid voting for him until he's done. Datsuk drafted 171st overall by the Detroit Red Wings in 1998. Datsuk had an outstanding 14-year career, scoring 314 goals, 604 assists for 918 points in 953 games with Detroit winning two Stanley Cups, four Lady Bings, and three Self Trophies. Hands down one of the best players from the 2000s. Yeah. No question. And Detroit reaped it. Reaped those years with like 10 years of Stanley Cup appear like consecutive Stanley Cup appearances and fairly each time they went fairly deep too. Yeah, and we were talking about this before we hit record. We're talking about Detroit's tendency to get these late round picks that turned out for him oh yeah the power swedes the power swedes we call them <laughs> you, know, you have your datsuks your zetterbergs uh nicholas cronwells thomas holmstrom's or even ottawa with freaking alfredson yep like when when nhl gms can't evaluate talent and you can you're gonna reap the benefits but yeah when i guess that's the sticky thing is like it's not a question of if it's a question of when Absolutely. Does that does Datsuk have an international medal or? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if he because those he might have an Olympic. I think he has. A, he might have an Olympic bronze. He might have a couple of medals from World Championships stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have that in my notes. I forgot to bring that up, but uh, yeah, Pavel Datsuk. I'm putting him at number one. Whether or not he gets in is a different story. Hmm. At number two. And this is a guy that I really didn't think I was going to put in this one. Patrick Elias. While not the flashiest player in the NHL, his offensive play and overall consistency when it came to his health helped him become a very underrated player on a New Jersey Devils team that was very defensive-minded. Mm-hmm. And Elias, drafted 51st overall by the Devils in 1994, went on to have an incredibly underappreciated 20-year career. Because here's his numbers. 408 goals. 617 assists, 
1,025 points in 1,240 games with New Jersey, winning two Stanley Cups with the Devils. Yeah, and the fact of the matter, this is on, like, the dead puck Devils. Yeah, and his career high total in the 2000-2001 season. Now, keep in mind, this is a New Jersey team that was very defensive-minded, the trap-playing Devils, 40 goals, 56 assists, 96 points. Like, that's fucking nutty. Yeah. The question for me whether he gets in first year is his lack of awards in his career outside of Stanley Cups, and if he does go in, he could be the fourth devil in the Hockey Hall of Fame behind Brodeur, Scott Nidar, and Scott Stevens. Yeah, like, he definitely deserves to be in there, mm-hmm. but, yeah, like, that's the hard thing with this, like, this crop. I don't think there's many first ballots in there. No. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of, I feel like this is a snub year. Okay. At number three, Vincent LeCavalier. Hmm. For whatever reason, whenever I think of LeCavalier, he doesn't scream Hall of Famer to me. Mainly because if you look at his numbers, you notice for a guy who went first overall, he didn't always put up the greatest numbers. He was always a consistent 55-60 point average every season, and he only scored 100 points once, and he scored over 90 points twice in his career. Mm-hmm. LeCavalier, like I said, drafted first overall by Tampa Bay in 1998. He did go on to have a good career. 429 goals, 528 assists, 949 points in 1,212 games over 17 seasons with the Lightning, Flyers, and Kings. Despite playing with guys like Martin Sabre, LeCavalier always seemed to put up good numbers every season despite the lofty contracts that he was signed to. And LeCavalier went on to win a Stanley Cup 2004 and a Rocket Shark Trophy 2007. Big question for me. Mm-hmm. Vincent LeCavalier, despite having top three talent, to me, always played more like a top six player. And he always he, seemed to underperform. And he never seemed to have that extra gear that could put him over the top. And I think people are going to judge him more on his later days with the Lightning and his tenure with the with the Flyers. That's why he won't get in first year. But when you actually look at like his work during his... Like, from, like, age 25 to age 30, it's nothing to sniff at. It's not, but when you look at guys who drafted first overall around that time... Oh, for sure. Like, if we're going to look at, like, just simple si- similarity scores, like, you've got, like, like Henrik Sedin and Rick Nasher's comparables. Yeah, and Milan Duke. Which is good company, but... I don't know, it doesn't scream Hall of Fame. It does. Well, I think... Hen- like... In 2020, we'll probably see the Sidians get in. Mm-hmm. Although the Sidians no. are completely undecorated. 2021. 2021. Like... Like, they're quite decorated. A lot of people don't realize how decorated they really are. Mm-hmm. They have back-to-back heart trophies, back-to-back scoring titles. No cup. A gold medal. Oh, they do have the gold medal, but no cup. Yeah. Like, that'll be... Well, I guess that's the same thing that's probably keeping someone else on our list of. <laughs> for sure. At number four, Vincent LeCavalier's teammate from Tampa Bay. Brad Richards. Yeah, exactly. One of the big three guys on the Lightning Stanley Cup winning team in 2004, despite winning the Stan- or Smythe Trophy, I don't see him getting in. No. He was always a very consistent scorer with the Lightning and Dallas Stars, and he doesn't have the hardware overall to, for him to get in. And I don't... He's not a guy that I think of when I think of a Hall of Famer. Consistent scorer, put us in great points... Or decent points, at least, but I don't see him getting in. Yeah, it's like a, his main hardware comes from the year, like their stamp, 
Tampa Bay Stanley Cup win. Yeah. Where he got the Bing and the Smythe. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I just don't really think... Like, Brad Richards just doesn't jump off the page. No. Like, it, he had a good career. Absolutely. But it's like... I don't know. Like, when I saw him as, like, a hopeful for this year, when doing my research, I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. Especially his, especially his later years were rough. As was Le Cavalier's. As too. was Le Cavalier's. Although I feel like Le Cavalier had a, like, unlike Brad Richards, like, Le Cavalier had this very impressive prime. Yep. Where it's like, the guy has a Richard trophy, he had, like, multiple 90-point seasons. While, well, I guess, like, Brad Richards had two 90-point seasons as well, but I don't know, it's just not all that exciting. No. And at number five, and I see him being a snub for a third year, Daniel Offertson. The guy's been eligible since 2016. He's been snubbed twice. And I don't understand why. He has the hardware. He has the numbers to back it up. Yes, And he's a late-round pick. Late-round pick. And he has something noteworthy about him. Like, longest-tenured captain. Actually, I think Steve Eisenman. Sorry, with one team. Yeah, Steve Eisenman still has that. No, I thought Alfie took that. No, 20 years. Oh, okay. But, like, it's definitely, like, it's notable. And the reason why I'm putting Alfie at number five is because I feel that there is an Ottawa bias. Has there been a Senator inducted? No. Well, the Senators are still young. Yeah, but you know what? The one guy, and you can look it up here, I think the one guy his numbers are eligible to is Matt Sundin. And Sundin got in first year. Yeah, and there might be a pro-Toronto thing going on. Yes, but think... Sundin's career was also rather impressive. Yeah, but when you look at Toronto, like, look at his years in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, Matt Sundin, consistent 70-point guy every year. Which is good, not great. Yeah. Well, it's great. I mean, look at his numbers here, okay? Start from Toronto, like, and that was 95. Yeah. Because he had, like, his 114-point season in Quebec. Yeah. Which is nutty. But, like, we had, like, 47, 83, 94, 74, 83, 73, 74, 80... 72, 75, 78, 76, 78, and then his awful year in Vancouver. Yeah. Now look at Alfredson's numbers during that time. And let's compare them. Yeah, let's pull up the Alfie numbers here. We Me. don't need Tank anymore. Wow. I should just have Alfredson on speed type. Yes, you should. Yeah, so Matt Sandin, we From started in 94. 94, 95. He started in 96. Uh, 61, 71, 45, 43. 59, 70, 71, 78, 80, 103, 87, 89, 74, 71. Yeah. And then 31, 50, yeah, injury short near 31, 59, 26, 49. So, like, very, like, similar, almost better numbers. Yeah. And just looking at the similar scores there from what we've seen here on HockeyDB. Like, Marian Hosa, Patrick Elias, Jeremy Uronik. Mark Messier, Brendan Shanahan, Luke Robitaille, Luke Robitaille, Mike Modano. Yeah. So, like, he's similar to, like, his career trajectory is similar to other All-Stars. Like, it's, like, there's no reason why Alfie's not in there. No. Like, no good reason. Other than there's probably an Ottawa bias. Yeah. I don't know, maybe they'll prove us wrong. Maybe. Like, I would really hope that Alfie gets in this year. Well, the real sin will be is if Eric Carlson doesn't get in. 
Yeah, but we're still years and years and years. Yeah. But here's the thing, and maybe I want to throw this out here. Maybe I should have put this number five. Brian Murray. The late Brian Murray. He's not in. You saw all the great things he did in Detroit. You saw what he was able to do in Anaheim. And you saw what he was able to do in Ottawa. And he's not in. And I don't think people even truly recognize what he did in Ottawa. Like, he held that whole organization together. He was the glue that held everything together. Like, yeah, like, I'm surprised Brian Murray isn't in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the Detroit years were... Like, he built that Detroit roster. Yep. Although Scotty Bowman gets a lot of the credit. Yeah, because he's the one who ended up winning Stanley Cups with him. Yeah. Like, but Brian Murray did the groundwork. And then Brian Murray did the groundwork in Anaheim as well before he left for Ottawa, Ottawa to coach. Like, he was the one who brought in Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry... Do you draft Bobby Ryan or no? Mm, no. No. I don't believe he was. I think he was with Ottawa by that time. Yeah. yeah, so that wraps up my top five Hockey Hall of Fame wish list. Now it's time to go on to Tim's top five holiday. We have Hockey some Hall of Fame wish list. We do have some overlap. Again, mine's in no particular order. Overlapping with Daniel Alfredson and Patrick Eliash. Okay. Like, those are two. Like, Alfie should be in there, isn't And Eliash was quietly brilliant. So my ads are in the constructor category, conditional on Vegas making the cup, like going deep into the cup playoffs again. Vegas general manager, George McPhee. Hmm. He was given probably one of the more favorable entry draft, sorry, uh, expansion, drafts. expansion drafts, but he was able to, it wasn't the expansion draft that got him. He was able to just really beat other teams on trades and get like some very insane value, especially out of Florida and Columbus. Like, the fact that he was able to pry... Like, he got Marsher Schultz for basically free. Trades for Marsher Schultz on the condition he takes Riley Smith from Florida. And then that builds a, a top line. Yep. Just, like, garbage like that. Or, like, taking a bunch of defensemen and then holding them for high ransom. Mark my thought. Like, George McPhee played that very well. Yeah. And the fact that they're able to not only assemble this very strong Vegas team, but... Outside of that awful flurry contract, mm -hmm. Vegas has done quite well for themselves. Yes, they have. Like, they're going into next season half a cup run with a very well-stocked cupboard of draft picks. Yep. Still a decent amount of cap space, even with that awful flurry contract. Mm -hmm. And all they need is a bit of, a bit of defense yep. to be incredibly solid. And you got to like what George McPhee is doing, and but... The reason why he deserves to be memorialized is just watching him just shoot fish in a barrel with the expansion draft. Yeah. And seeing how this that Vegas team just got off to the races and really ingrained themselves into just the psyche of the city. And, like, this started right off the bat with Vegas Strong. Like, after the, ma the massacre at the concert in Las Vegas and just that very strong emotional response. Yeah. Plus a very... A very very good on ice product i feel like the first year vegas golden knights have done something amazing and george mcphee was instr instrumental to that okay next other player is sergey zubov now this is a, a player that's been snubbed forever mm -hmm. and he had a, a very impressive career two stanley cups one time all-star and the only thing that's holding him back points 700 points which is not bad. Which is not bad, but for the Hall of Fame, they're usually looking for about a thousand. 
And it's not like he had an abbreviated career either. No. But the big thing about Sergei Zubov is he's one of the first Soviet players. Well, he's one of the main first wave of Russian players that came over. Mm-hmm. Stars like Fedorov, Bure, McGillney, uh, Nikolai Habibulin, Zubov, like we're talking about, Konstantinov, Fedosov, like all those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's important. Yes. Because like that really s- signifies the NHL opening up to the world. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's a key thing to just really memorialize that and keep it open. Like why I think the Korea's induction is so important. Because it's like one of that first Asian American to really do well, it. Asian Canadians. Asian Canadians, yeah. But it's important to like just celebrate that diversity in the NHL. And but yeah, like two Stanley Cups, All Star, Zubov had a very solid career. Yes, he did. So I think that also deserves to be memorialized. And then Finally, I feel I think we were talking about this on a previous episode, but Theo Fleury has all the tools to be in the cup. Sorry, to be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. He will never get there. He he will never get there, but he should be there. Mm-hmm. Like he's won a cup. He has just fen- like a pheno- phenomenal points. Sorry, if I can fucking spell this. F L E U R R Y. Yeah, you're on. Like won the. Won the cup in eighteen eighty nine. Uh, a thousand point, a thousand points, and he has more points than he has played games. Yeah, and like just name some of those numbers right off the top. Yeah, like thirty four in his first seat, thirty four points in thirty six games, sixty six and eighty, a hundred and four and seventy nine, seventy three and eighty, a hundred and eighty three, eighty five and eighty three, fifty eight and forty seven. Like, and it just keeps going like that. Like, the man was a machine. Yep. Like, probably one of the best power forwards to ever play the game. 100% should be in there. Absolutely. He's not going to be in there, though, because, like, criticism of the minor hockey system, and I think... His criticism of the NHL. NHL, and just the fact that I've got this weird... Like, the NHL doesn't do well when stories like abuse and victimhood come out. And I because think, it paints them in a negative light. Yeah. Much like what's going on with CTE and all of the head injuries. Or Patrick O'Sullivan and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that this insane career, like this crazy, crazy good career, is going to be buried. Yeah. But I really hope that Theo Fleury gets in there someday. Me too. Like, And my fear is it's going to be, when he does, it's going to be posthumous. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Okay. So, Tim, do you have anything more you want to talk about before we head off into our close? I always find these all, like, talking about who could be in the Hall of Fame just so interesting because you uncover a lot of these careers and then you, like, compare it to the other people in there. And you kind of realize that as time goes on, yep. you'll probably lower the standards a bit. Yeah, and uh, one thing we didn't talk about, because Willie O'Ree ended up getting in this year, another player who should be in is Larry Kwan. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, because we talked about during the top of the hour... When he passed away or this year, when I said that he was the first Asian descent player to play in the NHL. This is before guys like Paul Korea and Josh Hosang and stuff like Josh that. Josh Hosang and Richard Park and all that. Those kind of guys coming into the NHL. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Mm-hmm. Or or even like that, I forget her name, but she played for the Tampa Bay Lightning for oh, a uh, few Megan games. Oh, Megan O'Reilly. Megan O'Reilly. 
Actually, I think she's in. I think there's something on her in there. I don't think she's in. Well, like I think there's like. Then again, I don't think Haley Wickenheiser's in there either. Which is, well, I guess they do have like a, like a ladies Olympics section when you actually go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but but they don't induct anyone. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they're starting to induct uh, oh, okay. female players now. Nice. Yeah. Okay, guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoyed it because believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. Because our pod Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M91 Honey Badger, and I'm at Great White Gipster, G R 8 W Y T E Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about who you think should go into the Hockey Hall of Fame for 2019, shoot us an email. Third Line Plug Sensecast at gmail.com. Yeah, and I think we only have a few more of these to record. Yes, we do. But I think they're actually going to be real. The, the, the next two coming are going to be real cool. Oh, they're going to be really good. I can't wait to talk about those. Mm. Oh, you're no... You've got no true games on those ones. Boy. All right, so... Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this is Tim Jensen. Go Sam, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!